Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Before I begin the podcast today, I want to let you know about a couple things I'm really excited to tell you about. My favorite event of the year, every year in Utah, is the Your Health Freedom Symposium. I love this event. It's October 6th and 7th. There's a gala on the 6th or gala, depending on how you say that. And there is a symposium on the 7th. I'll be speaking at the symposium along with Robert Scott Bell, Pierre Corey, uh, and Mickey Willis, and so many other fantastic voices in the fight for health freedom. This event is phenomenal. If you're in Utah, you've got to come. If you're far away from Utah, you should still consider it because it will be a day that you will remember and that you will love. Right now... Coming this weekend, Labor Day, they are doing a flash sale from Friday at midnight until Monday at midnight. My friend Kristen has rolled this out so that you can get in for half price. It's buy one, get one free on these tickets. They are $85 normally for the full day, worth every penny, but now you can buy one, get one free from midnight Friday till midnight Monday yourhealthfreedom.org. I got another sale to tell you about. This one is about my place, vitalitynutrition.com. Vitalitynutrition.com. This is an online-only sale, so if you're local, you want to jump on the website and check it out. The Labor Day sale goes from Friday morning until Monday night at midnight. And this is what we're doing this year. It's products that work hard for you, you know, because it's Labor Day. I know maybe it's a little bit of a cheesy tie-in, but these are products, everyone that we have on the site that is a condition-specific formula, something that will help you with sleep, something that will help you with stress or anxiety, something that might help with a variety of other things you might be dealing with. These are condition-specific formulas, not things like omega-3 or multivitamins or B-complex, but the condition-specific formulas, including all of mine, anxiety release, vital sleep, back on track, man up, all of these types of formulas will be on sale anywhere from 10 to 40% off of their normal prices for our VitalityNutrition.com Labor Day sale from Friday morning until Monday night at uh, midnight. So check it out, VitalityNutrition.com. And with that, I will say welcome to Vitality Radio. My name is Jared St. Clair, and I'm so grateful that you're willing to listen to me uh, each week talking about health, nutrition, health freedom, and all the other things. Today, I've got a unique show for you. This may be a little self-indulgent, but I had a realization while I was mowing the lawn the other night. You see, I live in the house that I grew up in. My parents bought it the same year that I was born, actually. So I just turned 51 yesterday, as I'm recording this now. Uh, I don't know when it'll air, the next few weeks anyway. But regardless, I this house has been in our family for 51 years. 
When my mother passed away a little over four years ago, I bought my sister and my brother out of the house and moved in. At the time, I was recently divorced and needed a place and figured it would give my kids some feel for their heritage when I had them with me. Plus, I like this old place, and it's only five minutes away from Vitality, so now I have lived here for four years. It's been good. I'm recording this show in the basement, uh, the very same room that my dad used as his office. He called it his den. And that paneling, if you're watching this in video form that you see behind me or have seen behind me on my Instagram reels, that's a real genuine fake 1959 wood paneling. And it's not the prettiest thing in the world, but it's vintage. And you know what? I have some fond memories of the of things that have happened in the room where this paneling hangs. Yes, I'll upgrade it or update it or do something. I get a lot of crap for it, frankly, mostly from friends that give me grief about the paneling. Uh, people like Bree Dressen. Uh, my sweetheart, Jen, isn't too fond of it either. And a few others have mentioned it, but that's okay because it's part of who I am. This paneling is kind of in my blood. Anyway, I digress. I was mowing the lawn and listening to a podcast about how to better connect with my audience. They talked about the power of storytelling. And it was like this light bulb went off in my head. You know, one of those moments was like, whoa, this is interesting. Because one of the most common questions I get asked is, hey, how did you get into this in the first place? And my typical run-of-the-mill answer is, well, I... Uh, my parents opened the store when I was five. I started working here when I was seven. I started managing it when I was 15. I bought it when I was 22, and the rest is history. So just like this real brief history lesson. And on this podcast, I try to be as me as I possibly can. You really don't get much of a facade <laughs> on the Vitality Radio podcast. It, you, you may have noticed. I just, you know, tell you how I feel about stuff. And sometimes I laugh and sometimes I cry and sometimes I'm sarcastic and sometimes I'm very serious. But regardless, it's always genuine Jared St. Clair. I mean, that's what this podcast is. And uh, it's what I've always wanted it to be. And so I have shared stories. I've shared stories about my mother. I've shared stories about my father. I've even read excerpts from their funeral uh, talks that I gave at, uh, when they both passed. My dad's been gone for over 15 years now and my mother over four. And uh, so relatively speaking, I lost them when I was kind of young. Not young like some people who have been devastated by the loss of their parents as, as children, uh, and I certainly don't consider myself to be anything but blessed by the incredible years that I had with my incredibly wonderful, beautiful parents. And uh, when you hear me talk about them, you oftentimes can hear that I've got a little bit of a tear forming in my eye and a little bit of something going on in my throat. Well, that's just how it is with my parents because I absolutely love and adore them. But most of the stuff that I've talked about with my parents hasn't gone into much depth of, you know, how they decided that, you know, we should have a health food store in the family or how it actually came to be. And I didn't know, honestly, if it was like narcissistic of me to think, well, you know, maybe, um, 
people aren't going to want to, aren't going to care that much about how Vitality Radio got started, about how Vitality Nutrition got started, about how I actually got into this. And yet people ask me it all the time. So maybe people actually do care. And so I quizzed a couple of people. One sweet, sweet listener whose name happens to be the same as my mother's name, Carol, uh, came into the store the day after I had this little epiphany that maybe I should tell the story. And I asked her what she thought of me telling the story. And I gave her a couple of little details of some stuff that I thought I should talk about. And she was quite touched by it and said, I absolutely should. And I asked Jessica and I asked Jen and, you know, some other people close to me what they thought of it. And everybody seems to think it's a good idea. So today on Vitality Radio, that's what I'm going to do is tell the story of Vitality Nutrition and Vitality Radio. I think there will be some interesting insights for you. I think it will give you a bit of a feel for where I'm really coming from, you know, way down deep at the core, the beginnings of all this stuff. And I hope that it sheds some light on why I do what I do, and maybe more importantly, why I do it the way that I choose to do it. So a lot of what I'm going to share, well, let me take this back. Everything I'm about to share is based on my memory of how it happened or what I've been told happened by my older brother, my mother, or my father, uh, that kind of thing. So I'm sure I'm going to be a little hazy on some of the details. I don't know that anybody listening would be able to call me out on those things because I don't think anybody knows the story any better than me. But just know I'm not in any way trying to elaborate uh, on anything or uh, make something up that you know didn't exist. But some of the details may be a little bit hazy, and I'm going to give it to you the best that I can. Let's start with the very early days of 1977. I was born in August of 72. The store started in August of 77. And I say August only because nobody knows when it actually started. I know it was the summer of 77 because my mother told me it was, but I asked her when, and she said she didn't know exactly, um, but that it was in the summer of 77. It probably was actually before August, but I've officially determined that August 7th, which is my birthday, will also be the birthday of the store because, well, it's just easy to remember. And it means that it started when I was five years old, and it works for me. So every year, uh, towards the end of July, early August, we're celebrating the birthday of Vitality. And um, that's how it is. Now, in 1977, my little sister, Allison, <clears throat> had just been born the prior October. And my brothers, like I say, I, I was five, just turning five, August of 77. My, I had two older brothers at the time. Uh, one was eight. His name was Stephen. He passed away in a car accident uh, when uh, he was just 26 years old. And my older brother, uh, oldest brother, who's still with us, thankfully, is Craig. And he was 13 at the time. Well, dad had worked uh, at a little health food store called New Life, I think is what it was called, in Arizona. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure it was in Phoenix or Tucson or possibly both because I know we lived in both places for the first two years of my life. We lived in Arizona. Even though we owned this home, we were renting it to somebody else because he got a job down there. And uh, at some point anyway, he was working at this little store. And I think that's what gave him the bug about health food stores. And I have carried that bug with me. It's 
probably, okay, I'm not going to say probably. It's been a little annoying, I think, for some of the people that I have traveled with, how much I just want to check out the little health food stores in the area. <laughs> and I do it often. I find it fascinating. I'm very interested in how everybody else is doing it and uh, certainly have my opinions about <laughs> about how it should be done. But my dad, he got the bug, I think, when he was working in that little health food store. He then went on to work in Ogden, Utah, so moved back to Utah at a place called Albion. Albion uh, happens to be the people that make the wonderful chelate magnesium bisglycinate, uh, which is my favorite form of magnesium. And I believe they are basically, they were the pioneers of chelation technology, you know, bonding a mineral to a acid of some sort to make it more bioavailable to the human body. So my dad got his start in a uh, sales position with Albion, but learning the technical things that he needed to understand in order to sell things uh, that they were producing. And that, I think, got him the bug for really understanding what goes into natural health supplements. And so after that, he did a stint for about six years at a company called Nature's Herbs. Now, you may have heard of Nature's Herbs. They're, I guess, still out there, I think, anyway. They got bought out by Twin Lab, uh, who actually got bought out by the company that uh, Tony Robbins owns uh, years and years ago. Uh, but Nature's Herbs at the time was one of the two biggest herb companies in the country and possibly the world, uh, you know, encapsulated herbs. And my dad was the vice president of sales there. It was while he was at Nature's Herbs that that bug uh, that I think had been uh, bugging him a little bit over the years had him decide that it was time to open up his own family health food store. And the plan, and you know how this... Uh, plan thing goes, right? <laughs> the plan was to have a store on the side, have his regular job at Nature's Herbs, have the store on the side, and hire employees to run the store. And I believe, and I don't know this, but I believe he intended for the store to be a place that his kids could work. Uh, not just to have a place to work, but also to have a place to work that was in an environment where they could learn. And so I really think that was a big underlying principle that he kind of had in mind of opening that store. But he opened it up in the old Five Points Mall. If you happen to be a listener that's local here to Utah and particularly Bountiful, you'll remember the old Five Points Mall. It wasn't much of a mall. It ended up being mostly a place that people walked uh, when it was wintertime. But uh, for a while, there was a little bit of a heyday at the Five Points Mall. There were some great businesses there that I'm aware of. I believe there are only two that are still in existence from the original tenants of the Five Points Mall, us and a place called Tina's Hallmark. And uh, so, you know, it's a long time ago, right? 45 six years since uh, we were at five, well, since we opened in Five Points Mall. We were there for maybe five years. I'm really not sure exactly. Uh, the mall didn't work out so well. Uh, it got to the point where uh, dad couldn't afford to pay all the employees and he had to recruit mom who had wanted to be exclusively a stay-at-home mother and with the four children uh, to try and keep the store afloat. In reality, it became a bit of a uh, rift uh, between my mother and my father because she really didn't want to work outside of the home, but she was willing to do it, take one for the team, so to speak, keep that store floating while she raised the kids as well. 
and while dad was off uh, traveling a lot, working full-time with Nature's Herbs. So that's how it became more of a, I guess, family business at that point. Now, I'm not exactly sure the history. My oldest brother, Craig, is eight years older than me. I don't know when he started working there. I don't know when my my next oldest brother, Stephen, started working there, but they both worked there. Um and we all had, you know, little different capacities. I started working there, I believe, when I was about seven years old. And all I could do at seven years old was dump the trash, break down boxes, um, you know, label, which at the time we literally hand wrote the prices of the items on the uh, product. And so, uh, you know, we would write a little uh, uh, date code and a price handwritten on most of the stuff that we carried and stick them on the bottles. And that's how we did it back then. And so it was very labor intensive, but we didn't do much business. So it wasn't that bad. Uh, anyway, I was working there. They were working there. You know, they would come after school. I guess I would come after school with them. We went to a little private school uh, about 30 minutes away from where we lived. And uh, I don't remember how many hours I put into the store, but it wasn't a bunch. And I certainly didn't make much money doing it. Maybe I was making a dollar an hour or something like that. But I really liked the store and I liked working there with my mom. Didn't work with my dad much because he was pretty busy doing his other job, but I enjoyed working there with my mother. And I remember working there with my mother with my little sister in a playpen uh, when she was uh, still very, very young. So I guess, actually, maybe I started working there even before I was seven, now that I think about it. But regardless, very young. And uh, that was how the store started. Now, my mother, bless her heart, didn't have much of a knack for business at all. My dad, I think, very much did, but my mother, not so much. And she really didn't want to be there, but she had this kind of issue that uh, mom was meticulous about everything. So she did a really good job at a job that she really didn't want in the first place. And she she did it in, a, I, I, I think, to some degree, a begrudging fashion, uh, but for the good of the family and the good of the family business and to try to keep things afloat, mostly with a pretty good attitude, as I recall. But it was always this thing like, I really don't want to do this. At some point, can we figure out a way that I'm not you know, working here anymore? Well, we struggled. The store struggled mightily. Uh, we went from location to location to location. One location was so infested with mice that it was, a, it was embarrassing to have, have customers come in because uh, sometimes mice would scurry across the floor. Not a good look, as you can imagine. The last place that we ended up um, that was like a really, really crappy slumlord kind of a position was behind a retail store where you literally had to walk through a hallway. Uh, there were no windows in this building where we were in the building. We were in an office in the back um, and you had to walk through another office to get to our store. The fact that we stayed afloat there for the years that we did is shocking. But those are actually the days that I remember really, really well um, being more promotional uh, in terms of what we did in the store and actually taking a little bit of ownership with what we did in the store. The store in the day was called Nutrition Shop, S-H-O-P-P-E. Uh, my dad liked that kind of vintage old uh, English look. So we were called Nutrition Shop and um, 
we moved to all these different places. Eventually, Dad realized that uh, location, 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 it really didn't matter. Put us into a better location on the main street directly across from our competitor, which at the time, they're by far the competitor in town, which had been there for years prior to us, called Gregory's Wheat Shop. Now, um, Gregory's Wheat Shop was a bakery that also was a health food store, and they were a very successful store that did very, very well in the area. And moving across the street seemed like um, a bit of a risk to me, uh, but it worked. Uh, we moved across the street and people started recognizing that there was another health food store in town. Most of the people didn't know that before. Of course, this is way before the internet. If people wanted to find us, it was in the yellow pages or it was a drive-by situation. And we'd never had a really good prominent sign out on the road like we finally did here. In fact, we had rigged um, with <laughs> <laughs> with a series of, I don't even remember how we did it, but somehow or another we rigged to the pole uh, underneath our sign, one of those flashing arrow signs that had the removable you know, letters, the reader board signs on it. And I remember changing that sign over and over again. In fact, I remember uh, the first time that I put Omega-3 fish oil up on the sign when Omega-3 was a brand new product on the market. So, I mean, we go way back with Vitality Nutrition, which, again, at the time was Nutrition Shop, and I'll explain why that changed. So anyway, that's kind of, you know, that's what happened during the early days. There are some funny little stories, though. Um, we had, I talked about the mice, I talked about the fish oil sign, um, at my parents had a policy that at 14 years old, and I think this was my dad's policy, and I'm not, not sure why he chose 14, that's when his kids could start working with the public, not just in the back room, pricing products and all that kind of stuff, but actually talking to customers, answering questions and ringing them up on the old cash register. So I was doing this by the time we were in this better location across the street from our old competitors. And I remember that there was a time, and I don't remember the chronology of this, so I'm going to probably be wrong on this. And if my brother listens to this, maybe he can correct me <laughs> and uh, let me know how this went down. But he had gone to uh, San Diego to work at a store, a health food store, actually, manage uh, or help manage, a, I think, a supplement section, if I remember correctly, back then. And uh, so he was gone out of the business for a while. And I uh, was asked to uh, manage the store. And it would, the idea was, let's get mom out of the store. For a while, though, prior to him moving, uh, we managed it together. He was the manager. I was the assistant manager. I even remember it was the first business card I ever had that said assistant manager on it. And we had so much fun. Uh, my brother and I, we had so much in common, everything from sports to music uh, to most of our entertainment choices we had in common. Uh, we just loved working together. And uh, we did that for a long time uh, in a couple of different locations. And I loved those years. But when he moved on, I was asked to manage the store. And I managed the store uh, from about the time I was 15, 15 and a half. I remember riding my bike uh, down to the store for years um, after school uh, to work for just the last couple of hours of the day. And then also I would work most every Saturday. And I just 
loved it. It it felt like it was the place I was supposed to be, that it was what I was supposed to do. And I just had this conversation with my uh, two youngest kids on the way home from a little vacation we were on last week. And I was asking them, you know, if, if uh, you know, if money wasn't the primary concern, if it didn't matter, you know, where you lived and you had the, the uh, requisite knowledge to do it, what would you do for a living for the rest of your life? If you had to pick right now, what would it be? And, you know, they're 13 and 10, so their answers were pretty interesting, I thought. Uh, my 13-year-old had hers pretty well thought out. Uh, my 10-year-old hadn't thought about it too much, but he had a couple ideas to throw at me. And I and then my daughter asked me, well, what about you, Dad? Um, and I said, you know what? I do my dream job. I do what I've wanted to do since I was 15, 16 years old. Uh, that dream hasn't changed. It's just shifted a little bit in terms of how I do it. But I am, I think, one of the most fortunate human beings on the planet in that every day when I wake up, the job that waits for me is the job that I want to do and that I love to do. And I owe a great debt of gratitude for my, to my parents for that. So let me tell you a couple other kind of fun little stories, and then we'll move on to uh, some of the rest of it. So when my brother Craig and I were running the store on 500 West in Bountiful, we had a, a parking lot that was, uh, that you know, where you pulled right up to the front door of the store, the front door and window of the store. And between the parking lot and the front big plate glass window of the store, was a little curb with some just little shrubs in it and then a little sidewalk um, and then the glass door. So maybe there was, you know, six feet or something like that of space between the glass window and front door of the store and the parking lot. Well, we had this lady, sweet, sweet lady. She's no longer with us. um, And uh, she pronounced... she vitamins. She pronounced vitamins vitamins, and we used to have a good time with that. Uh, my brother and brother and I. Her name was Evelyn. And we used to call her Eveline, um, uh, not you know just in a joking way, not because she was evil. She was actually amazing, really really neat lady. But uh, Eveline would come in for her vitamins, and uh, one day uh, she pulled up to the to the curb um, right in front of the store in her big, I think it was a Lincoln or a Cadillac. It was a big car. This is good grief, 22, 23 years ago or something like that now. And um, I don't know what happened. Uh, She came in and got her Vitamines. She left. And instead of putting it in reverse, apparently she put it in drive. She hit the gas, and I'm guessing because she didn't start moving at first, she punched on the gas pretty hard. She went up over the curb into the shrubs and stopped short of turning Vitality Nutrition, well, it was Nutrition Shop at that time, into a drive-in or a drive through in this case. Uh, that was a good time. When we were moving that store uh, to the new location, we had this big wooden desk, like just an office uh, desk, and it was the kind of the main desk for the you know, where we would place orders and all this kind of stuff. And my brother had this friend, his name was Olaf. We were moving this desk and it was a big, heavy old wood desk. So there was a couple of people on each corner. And for whatever reason, we're going through this hallway and Olaf sticks his hands up uh, in the drawer of the desk, I guess, to try and support uh, the center area of the desk. But the drawer had kind of popped open. He sticks his hands in and he goes, ah, 
And he pulls his hands out, and he's got thumbtacks in just about every finger. And so we had all kinds of fun moving the stores. My favorite memory of moving the stores was my dad. So my dad was, uh, he was a brilliant man, like truly a brilliant man. I've called him my hero on this show before, and I, he is. He's my ultimate hero for so many reasons uh, that I won't go into today exactly. But um, he was the closest or the furthest thing from a fix-it man you could possibly imagine. His opinion on fixing things was you, you beat him into submission until it works or you hire somebody that actually knows what they're doing to fix it. And unfortunately, uh, we didn't have a lot of money at the store. Uh, all those years, the store was just barely getting by. It was not a business. It was a side hustle or side project. It wasn't a hustle because it wasn't generating any business uh, or any money. But um, he, so everything was, we always bought used fixtures and those used fixtures, these metal shelves um, that we use at the store that we still use today um, would be bent and dinged up. And, and anyway, my dad, what he lacked in uh, his ability to fix things, he made up for in his impatience when things were broken. Okay, so he struggled in those areas, and he would just get a hammer, and if the shelf wouldn't fit, he would beat the shelf until it fit. It was incredible. You know, square peg, round hole, well, make the hole square, and it'll work just fine. That was his philosophy. And so all of our shelves, are, to a large degree, are pretty bent up. Not all of them, but a lot of them because of that. Um, and um, I'll always remember um, taking the shelves down, putting the shelves back up. The shelves didn't quite work right. Beating them until they did. Uh, really amazing times uh, back then. So we th- those are just some of the you know fond little memories I have. And I know this is very self-indulgent. And if you turn this off, I won't blame you a bit. But there is kind of a cool little payoff at the end of this uh, episode, um, at least for me, that I think you may appreciate it. Um, so I, at 15 years old, I took over the store, as I mentioned before. And my dad managed me in a way that I respect very much. And I wish, as I think about it, I wish I had managed my own son, Bridger, a little bit more this way when he came to work for me uh, seven, eight years ago. Um, but I didn't really thought about it. I didn't put a lot of thought into it. And uh, my dad basically let me run the show. He just, you know, make your mistakes, do your thing, figure out how to run this thing. He came in on Saturday and did the books. And I would run a bunch of stuff past him. I always wanted to make my dad proud. And uh, I think I did in many cases. And I took the job very, very seriously as a 15, 16-year-old managing that place. When I was 16, I hired my first employee. And Dad sat in with me on the two interviews that we did. Yes, we put out an ad in the paper, and we got two people to respond, and we interviewed both of them together. And I actually was responsible for asking a lot of the questions, and ultimately he left it up to me who I wanted to hire. My first employee was Pearl B. Hewnan. She worked for me for 19 years. So, uh, you know, pretty good track record for the first hire, right? Now, I've had some that haven't lasted nearly that long. I've had quite a few that have lasted, well, I've got one that lasted 20 and several that have lasted, you know, many years, uh, including uh, on my team right now, I've got a couple of eight-year people, a 10, 11-year person. Um, So it's been really, really cool. But the fact that at 16 years old, my dad said, you make this choice, 
you not only are you hiring her, but you're going to manage her. There were only two employees. It was me and her. And Pearl uh, is no longer with us. She was an older lady. She was actually my dad's age. And she recently passed a few years ago. Uh, just an absolute gem of a human being and, and just loved having her at Vitality. But uh, just a little word to the wise on that. Um, let your kids make mistakes. Let them get dirty. Let them figure some stuff out. And uh, it'll be okay. My dad's philosophy was clearly that. And I think I owe him a, a great service for that because he didn't, it wasn't me checking with him on everything. I just did some things and I figured it out as I went along and became better at it because of that. And believe me, I made plenty of mistakes. I still make plenty of mistakes running this place. All right. So um, I went away for a couple of years. And when I went away for a couple of years, I got a letter from my brother and my dad. My brother wasn't really involved in the store so much, but he was consulting with my dad on what they should do with the store because I actually hired my replacement when I left. And um, they, they sent me a letter saying, we're going to franchise this store. Nutrition Shop's going to be a franchise. And I thought, what are they talking about? I was 20 years old at the time. And um, they said, we're going to franchise with GNC, General Nutrition Center. Now, to me, General Nutrition Center, the red in their sign was indicative of the fact that they were the devil. And um, I don't know if that was actually the case, but I kind of still feel that way. Um, I thought they were, you know, not the best quality stuff. They certainly didn't do the best as far as customer service and all that kind of stuff. But dad and brother were convinced that it was a good move for us because they could um, bring us forward into a more technologically savvy position in terms of running our store and the buying power would be great because they have 5,000 stores and all this stuff. I was adamantly opposed to it. I told them I was opposed to it. They didn't care. Uh, they franchised that son of a gun. And when I came back, I learned a lot. Now, I learned a lot um, by the way, this is a, a well-kept secret. I don't like to admit that we were ever a GNC franchise in the 46 years that we um, have been in business because I don't like that company. I still don't like that company. I didn't like that company. When I was part of that company. I just don't like GNC. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of reasons for it, but I'll tell you, I don't love them. But my dad, once again, had some foresight. I don't know what he thought he saw, but I think what he saw was that he was a guy that was running a retail store that had no training on how to run a retail store. And he was turning it over to sons who had everything they knew about retail came from him, and he didn't know anything about retail. And GNC clearly knew something about retail. They knew about how profitability. They knew how to turn the thing into a business, even if I didn't like some of the things they did in that pursuit. I have to admit, they taught me a lot. And I had to stick in GNC for quite a while as a franchise franchisee before I could disenfranchise myself from GNC. In fact, I burned so many bridges with GNC that they basically asked me to leave. But by the time I got out, I knew how to run a retail store in ways that I never had before. And I didn't have to give up my ethics to do it. Um, so I was able to do it ethically, but also do it from a much more... Um, a much more educated position, we'll say. And things changed uh, in that process. And I'm, again, grateful for those terrible years as a GNC franchisee because 
as it typically is. There, I don't think there's really right and wrong decisions for the most part on this earth. I think you make decisions and then you get to deal with consequences. And if you're paying attention, you get to learn from those consequences and grow from them. And that's exactly what happened in the years that we were a GNC franchise. When they decided that we were no longer a GNC franchise, they gave us less than 30 days to take down their signs and start over. So then it was like, okay, oh, by the way, Five, six years prior to that, I bought the store and I was 22 years old from mom and dad. They didn't want it anymore. Um, and uh, they weren't sure that they wanted to necessarily sell it or close it or what they wanted to do. But uh, they offered it to me and I bought it. And uh, thank goodness. They gave me a pretty good deal, but I had to pay for it. And uh, at 22 years old, I was a business owner. So anyway, five, six years after that, I uh, got out of the out of the franchise and we had to come up with a name. We had to come up with a logo. We had to go fast. We had less than 30 days. And I debated going back to nutrition shop. Um, I didn't know what else to call it. And I brought out the handy thesaurus and started checking out, you know, words that meant what I wanted my store to say. And over time, I finally came up with the word vitality because the ultimate promise that I wanted to offer to my clientele was the promise of a higher level of vitality based on the things that we sold and the advice that we gave. And I believe that we've been able to do that. So we kept nutrition in the name from the old nutrition shop, but we call it vitality nutrition instead of nutrition shop, which I thought had a little more oomph to it and uh, said a little bit more about what our mission really was. So at that point, I had hired my best friend, Will Christensen, who's now the CEO at Ridgecrest Herbals, which was another company that my dad owned prior to his passing. And Will was my best friend from the seventh grade. We ran that thing as a GNC and as an independent vitality nutrition for 10 years together before he needed to move on. And we had a lot of amazing, amazing, amazing times. And I don't know if the store would be here if it wasn't for Will. He saw, helped see me through some real thin periods of time. But uh, regardless, that's pretty much the history of vitality nutrition that's how i came to have the store um and uh when will left i had to really figure out how to do it on my own because uh, dad wasn't there anymore and uh my brother wasn't there anymore it was just me and i had to figure it out and i had to figure out how to feed my family and also take care of the people who counted on me to help them with their health and about um two or three years after Will left, I got invited on somebody's radio show called Fit Zone Radio with Neil Anderson. Uh, I'm still in touch with Neil here and there. He's a fitness trainer and pretty well, um, well uh, respected in the area. But he uh, admittedly didn't know a lot about supplements, and people would call into his show and ask a lot of supplement questions. He knew I knew some things about supplements, so he invited me to come on and be a guest on his show. And he brought me on for 20 minutes at the end of the show for about six months, and all I did was answer questions about um, supplements. And it was a really interesting experience. I'd always wanted to be on radio. As a kid, I wanted to be a DJ. I'm a huge music fan, rock music in particular, and I wanted to be a DJ. In fact, I even tried to be a DJ at one point, uh, or at least 
tried out to be a DJ on a local radio station, and that didn't happen. Um, and I loved the idea of radio. I thought it was such a cool thing. Well, Neil decided he didn't want the show anymore, and the slot was available, so I took it over, and I've had that slot on the Utah Jazz Radio Network for the last 15, almost 16 years now. And thank goodness that that happened because that is what changed me, not as a businessman. I'd kind of figured out some of the business stuff at that point, but as an educator. Because when I started doing the show, I spent just a few minutes, uh, you know, maybe an hour or so preparing what I was going to talk about. And then it's a really interesting thing to talk into a microphone when you can't see what anybody thinks about what you're saying. I enjoy public speaking. A lot of people don't like public speak, speaking. They're, they'd rather die. I love public speaking. I like to be in the spotlight. I like to have my voice heard. I think I've got something of value to say, and so I like to say it. But I can read the crowd when I'm public speaking. I can see people's eyes. I can see their smiles or you know discontent or <laughs> yawns or whatever it is. When you're speaking into a microphone... You don't know if people are turning you up or turning you down. It's a really, really interesting thing. And it was kind of nerve-wracking. It wasn't bad when I was answering questions on somebody else's show. It was kind of like being at Vitality and answering questions in the aisle. But when I was having to do prepare the show and I decided I wasn't going to do Q&A stuff because I tried that a few times and it just went all kinds of crazy and didn't ever really go where I wanted it to go... So then I had to prepare an hour, but I found that if I really wanted to sound competent and capable and prepared, I had to spend three, five, six, sometimes seven hours, depending on what the topic was. That meant that once a week, because of course I do the show twice a week now, but I did it once a week for the first 12, 12 and a half years, maybe 13 years even, I had to study about five or six or seven hours a week on a topic or a group of topics for the show every single week for all of those years. And now it's been almost 16 years. Doing that changed the trajectory of my career because I finally had to know more than just the base level information on all the things that we talked about and sold. I needed to start to understand physiology better. I needed to understand human anatomy and biology. I needed to understand pharmaceuticals a lot better than I ever did prior to that. And I certainly needed to understand herbs and vitamins and minerals and amino acids and so on. And while I still don't consider myself an expert in many of those areas, I am, I've gained a lot of expertise in a lot of those areas, particularly when it comes to supplements, which is why you hear me talk about supplements so much on Vitality Radio. And that changed everything. Not only did it open up the doors to, uh, you know, my voice to a lot of additional ears that eventually sometimes would come to Vitality Nutrition, but it also opened up my desire to advocate. I recognized that I couldn't just talk about product for an hour. I never wanted Vitality Radio to be an infomercial. And yes, I talk about things that I sell and I tell people, I tell you on a regular basis that yes, I sell these things and yes, I have a natural bias because of that, but I try and do it with the highest level of integrity that I know how and to try and take the bias out of it as much as I know how to do. And so, but I didn't want it to be an infomercial. I didn't want to just sell people stuff. This episode of Vitality Radio isn't about anything product-wise at all. And I hope that some of you are still listening because I don't know if this is interesting or not. 
but I hope it'll give you an idea of just kind of where I come from and why I do what I do and why I'm so passionate about it. What I started to learn was I needed to start to really dig into health news, health freedom, and what was really going on with government agencies, with pharmaceutical companies, and everything in between so that I could advocate for what I consider to be true and also educate on the things that I think people need to know about their health and particularly about alternatives to drugs and surgeries and things like that. And so that's what I did. And I became a much, much more educated individual. I was able to answer questions in a much deeper way than I ever was before, able to help people on levels that I never was capable of before, and open a lot of people's eyes to a lot of things that I didn't think maybe they were seeing and certainly things they weren't seeing in mainstream media. And that became a passion of mine. So now Vitality Radio from that day forward has been about not just health and nutrition, but also health freedom, because I believe that is incredibly powerful and incredibly necessary. And of course, in COVID, everything came like front and center when it comes to health freedom. And I talked a lot about health freedom and a lot about COVID during those years. So that's kind of the metamorphosis of how all that happened. Um, Later on, I then found that uh, I had educated myself enough that I felt very competent uh, in terms of trying to figure out what's why supplements worked the way they did, why vitamins and minerals worked the way they did, what deficiency symptoms people could experience because of a lack of certain nutrients, and what toxicities people could ex- or what symptoms people could experience because of toxicity. And I started formulating some ideas in my head, but I hadn't formulated much in the way of product yet, just a protein shake at that point. And then my dad uh, was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, and he had a partner at uh, Ridgecrest Herbals. They were full partners, and uh, dad was in charge of formulation for the company. And he wasn't really a formulator. He actually worked with formulators and, uh, excuse me, came up with ideas for formulas for the company. And when he was, um, uh, you know, had less capacity to do that, the company started to grow a little stagnant and they weren't formulating things. So his his partner, Paul, hired me to formulate products. And he asked me, do you think you can do this? And I said, yeah, I, I know I can do it. And I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. So I became a consultant for Ridgecrest Herbals. Um, and I started formulating products. The first one was Hair Revive. If you found me from Carlin Call and Just Ingredients, you may have heard my first episode with her, episode 61 of her podcast, where I talked a lot about Hair Revive. I won't go into that today, but I formulated a product called Anxiety Free, another one called Adrenal Fatigue Fighter. Those three are still in their top five or six formulas at Ridgecrest Herbals. So I'm proud of the accomplishment I had there. But what that taught me was that, yeah, I actually really did understand the ins and outs of supplementation. and I knew how to make supplements that worked for people. And that sparked a whole different level of excitement in my career, and I was able to start formulating products. Since then, I've formulated probably over 50 products, of which we have 30 or 40 that are still on the market today. And it's been an absolute blast to not just develop products that I believe will work, but then to actually witness people coming back and saying that product did work. It helped me with, you know, whatever it was in the case of Hair Revive, women's hair loss, uh, but in the case of anxiety-free, of course, stress and anxiety and things like that. And since then, you know, Vital Sleep and the Ultimate Vitality Multi and so many other products have been developed. 
And that's, you know, just kind of the natural progression of how this has all happened. And I am so thrilled with where things are now. As I said, I feel like I'm one of the most fortunate human beings in the world for the fact that I get to do what I love every single day. And when I'm done doing what I love, I get to be with people that I love in a non-work environment. And when I go on work trips, it feels like a vacation because I love meeting the people who are involved in what I do, my product reps and brands and things like that. It's just amazing. And all of that synergy and energy, I hope, passes through on Vitality Radio, and you can feel that I am truly passionate about what I do. I absolutely love it. And then I mentioned Carlin Call. Vitality Nutrition finally got a website a couple of years ago. I got invited on the Just Ingredients podcast by someone who at the time was a stranger and was gracious enough to have me on her show and have her and and to guest on mine. I've since been on her show one more time and hope to do it in the future. But her audience is much bigger than mine. There was a time when my show was in the top 10% of podcasts um, globally, which sounds amazing, but most podcasts have very little listenership at all. And now I'm in the top 1.5%, and a huge part of that is because Carlin was good enough to expose um, you know, my words to her audience, which has been really, really fantastic. And so many of you that are listening now found me because of Carlin Call from Just Ingredients. Big shout out to her. I carry all of her products at Vitality and VitalityNutrition.com because I believe in them, and I believe in her. She is a truly wonderful human being. Whether she helped me get that extra exposure or not, I would say that same thing. She's absolutely been fantastic. And so that brings me to one of the biggest reasons that I decided to tell this story. So two weeks ago, about, it's probably been just a little over that now. So a quick recap again, my father passed away with Parkinson's disease. and He was pretty unwell for the last five years of his life. He lived with that diagnosis for 10 years. Mom passed away about four and a half years ago. And so I haven't seen my parents together in well over 15 years. And I haven't seen my parents healthy together in over 20 and um, really closer to 25. I was on a vacation in my dream two weeks ago. I was in Canada visiting a couple of uh, COVID vaccine injured people that are friends of mine now that I've interviewed on my other podcast, Dearly Discarded Podcast. And I know they won't mind if I use their names, Kristen and Jamie and Nate uh, up there in Canada. And it was a vivid dream. I remember being there with them in Nelson, uh, the town they live in, and uh, visiting with them. And we were in, I guess, one of their living rooms. And uh, my parents walked in together. And they were healthy. They looked great. They looked as good as, they looked better than I ever remembered them looking. And they were apparently on vacation too. They weren't ghosts. They were still here on the earth with us in the dream. And they walked in and they met Jen, my sweetheart, uh, for the first time. And well, my mother met her, but my mother was near the end of her life when she met Jen and didn't get to know her very well. So really for the first time where they actually had to have a conversation with her and they talked to me. And it's the first time, like I say, I'd seen them in, together in 15 years and over 20 years together healthy. And I don't remember a lot about the conversation. You know how dreams are. It's pretty fleeting. And I've tried to commit to as much of it to memory as I can. But what I do remember 
is how proud they were of what I've done with their legacy at Vitality Nutrition and with Vitality Radio. And I don't do that in any way to sound braggadocious about it. It's nothing like that at all. I told you before that my dad is my greatest hero and my mom is a very, very close second. Um, there's, from a business standpoint, it would be hard to have a greater mentor than my father. Not because he was great at business, because frankly, he wasn't, but because he was great at being passionate about what he loved and he overcame many of his deficiencies in business based on just sheer will, drive, persistence, and passion. And I believe, and I believe he believes, based on that conversation we had, that I've been able to take that and move that ball forward uh, closer to the goalpost, so to speak. And it was this beautiful, amazing, harmonious moment in my life that feels still so very real. And the reason I share it with you is this. I know without even one little teeny little bit of doubt, I absolutely know why Carol and Clyde St. Clair had Nutrition Shop, why Ridgecrest Herbals became a thing, why all of this happened in the first place. And it was because they believed in a higher level of nutrition for themselves and for their children and they wanted to share it with people outside of their family as well. Vitality Nutrition, once Nutrition Shop, was never opened as a business with the intent to make lots of money. It was opened as a place, I believe, to help our fellow men and to probably give a job to the kids that uh, could be flexible with their school schedules and things like that. And I believe that I had a conversation with my mother and father that night while I was sleeping in my dream. And I believe that they really were proud. And I believe the reason they are is because they believe that I am running this show the way that they would have me run this show. And the way that we try to do it and have always tried to do it at Vitality Nutrition is with integrity and the thought of the individual we are serving first. I hope you can feel that. I hope that you recognize that. I hope that you also recognize that I am in business, that Vitality Radio is a vehicle um, for uh, Vitality Nutrition. And so always be wary of me and anyone else that you listen to because everybody's trying to sell you something. Today, I'm just trying to sell you on the fact that I love what I do. I love humankind be not every human, but humankind, and I love my fellow man, and I am so grateful to every single person who's listening to this show right now, especially if you made it this far, for doing what you've done to help my dad's vision, because it wasn't my mom's at the time, my dad's vision become a reality and still be not just surviving, but thriving 46 years after it was opened. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Mom. Thank you to my brothers and sister who pitched in and worked hard to help make this a reality as well. Thank you to my son, Bridger, who's been working by my side as the third generation of St. Clair's for the last seven, eight years now. And thank you to all of the amazing employees, starting with Pearl and all the way down to my current team, who are just amazing people as well. If you ever have the opportunity 
to be at Vitality Nutrition and meet the people that work for me. You'll understand why I love them, love them so much and appreciate them so much. And I appreciate you as well. Thank you so much for listening to me. If you have questions about anything you hear on this show, you call us at 801-292-6662 or go to vitalitynutrition.com. Or if you're in the area, stop by the brick and mortar, still alive and thriving after 46 years at 107 South, 500 West in Bountiful. I'm Jared St. Clair. For Clyde and Carol and the rest of the crew, I say thank you for listening to Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair. our awesome music is by brian bob young support vitality radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on apple podcasts youtube or your favorite podcast source Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you.